Good morning. It's a drizzly Monday morning here in the fall, not officially, but uh, close enough. I'm Marianne Myers, and uh, it's time for Food Talk. And uh, normally I would be joined by my fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Linda's not here right now. We may see her a little bit later in the show. Uh, but what it means for uh, me personally right now is that I actually have to do something <laughs> since uh, Linda usually does the heavy lifting in our conversations about home cooking. Uh, but I will absolutely talk to you about what I've been up to, and um, we'll see what Linda's been up to when we see her. One of the things that I'm up to in the, I don't know about you, but in the fall, uh, in the transitional seasons, which I think of as fall and spring, I find like I want to uh, rid my world of unnecessary stuff. And so in terms of my kitchen, I've been going through my spices, which theoretically we're supposed to do every six months. I don't know about you, but I have stuff there that's been there for years. Um, I've been culling my spices, and I discover that I have duplicates of spices because, uh, oh, you know, at, in the past, sometime a beloved person in my life passed away, and I was responsible for cleaning out their place, and I brought that half a bottle of cinnamon home with me and it's still there. So I've been uh, dumping spices and realizing that I have so many things that are not only never were mine, but are um, things that I bought for a specific recipe and then never used again. So what used to take up three sections of my um, countertop where my cooktop is can be called down to one. It actually can. And in the process of that, what I've discovered is that I virtually never use chili powder anymore. Almost never. Um, I tend to use the gochujaru, the Korean uh, pepper flakes, and uh, gochujang, or sambal, or harissa. I find there are so many more wonderful ways to add heat and flavor to whatever it is I'm cooking than um, the standard chili powder. I 86 the chili powder I'm not going to buy anymore. I just never use it. Additionally, um, this uh, cool weather, by the way, we're looking at showers all day today, all night tonight, and tomorrow. Um, although, I listened to the weather earlier on KMUN, and it looks like we're in for some sun coming up toward the end of the week. But it is fall. It's cool even on a sunny day, and it makes me want to turn on the oven, um, do things that require slow, long heat, things you don't want to do in the summertime, and also flavors that I don't necessarily embrace. I mean, we're we are completely out of corn and tomato season, let's face it. <laughs> we can spend as much time as we want grieving the loss, but uh, it's not coming back for a real long time. So on to the next thing. And the next thing for me is all those fall flavors. Anything with apples, apple cake, applesauce. Applesauce can, you know, I can use it for so many things. And there are so many kinds of apples coming um, online for us right now. 
So I look forward to all that uh, applesauce stirred into oatmeal in the morning, applesauce with uh, pork chops, applesauce on and in uh, a ton of different things. It also smells real good simmering on the stove. And um, it freezes beautifully, so next time you see um, a good deal on apples, just make up a vat of applesauce and be happy for months to come. Stick it in the freezer. I know that people do can it. I, uh, I'm not... I think I've told you this before. I'm way too lazy to can food. Way, way too lazy. It's a pro process, and it is... Uh, science and a skill all three of those things take it right off my list so freezing that's my thing um i was thinking also about i was reading an article recently about sandwiches and and it started because i was watching a video of a pretty famous uh food uh blogger who does uh, videos for youtube and um, he was demonstrating the, his idea of the perfect BLT. And his idea of the perfect BLT was, first of all, to make bread, not just one kind of bread, but two kinds of bread so we could see a couple versions of the sandwich. So first you have to make bread, and uh, the bread is many, many rises and punch downs and rises and punch downs. And then um, secondly, you have to make mayonnaise, of course. <laughs> and then... Uh, you, you know, and then you have to do uh, the bacon, but it has to be done on a sheet pan in the oven and uh, pulled out and turned and blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know, it's just a, that is a, a perfect demonstration on how we individually think of as perfection. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the perfect BLT for me, although I'm sure it was fabulously delicious. Uh, the one thing I took away from that is that he put lettuce on. Um, uh, he also washed the leaf lettuce one leaf at a time and dried it very carefully between um, paper towels. So um, the thing that was interesting to me is that he put uh, lettuce on both pieces of the bread. So mayonnaise and then uh, lettuce and then the tomatoes and bacon and then more lettuce and then um, the top bread, which I thought was the, the one takeaway from the whole thing that was useful to me is that that's a really good way to keep the tomatoes from sogging up your sandwich. But um, I think that it is also interesting that that's his perfect BLT. And my perfect BLT is get that thing done and eat it. It's delicious. Those are the ingredients. You know, it's all about the ingredients. Buy some nice bread. I shouldn't, I can only say this because Linda's not here right now. She is a fabulous bread baker. <laughs> but um, I do not bake bread and I'm not going to bake bread. So I'm happy to just buy bread good bread, toast it, put uh, purchased mayonnaise on it, slice a great tomato, saute up some bacon quickly, and um, 
use whatever kind of lettuce I happen to have in the fridge and enjoy that sandwich. So um, I leave it to you to decide how much work you want to put into a BLT. I'm uh, stunned by that. Maybe it's because I'm old and, you know, I feel like my time grows short and I'm not going to spend it uh, bacon bread for a sandwich. Maybe it's that. I'm also thinking lately about sauerkraut. And I know on the last Food Talk, Linda told, talked to us about um, a, a sausage dish that she makes that Dale loves so much. And I think that, generally speaking, sausages and sauerkraut are a really lovely fall and winter thing that is so fast, so it's inexpensive, and it is uh, completely delicious. Just and any kind of uh, sausage. I generally uh, use kielbasa or something like it and saute up... Um, some onions, toss a little sauerkraut right into the saute pan with the sausages and onions, and um, sometimes just boiled potatoes with uh, salt and pepper and butter. I think that goes well with that particular dish, but you could do potatoes any way you want. I think some sort of starch is really good with it, but just that. And maybe uh, sliced tomatoes and cucumbers on a plate on the side, or maybe a salad. I don't know. We're not go I, I, we're not going into what I think of traditionally as salad season. I've been celebrating the heck out of salads for months now, and I'm not going to quit eating salad. But um, I don't think of it in the same way in fall and winter as I do in summer. So I might be more inclined to put some roasted um, butternut squash or roasted sweet potato in a salad with uh, um, some apples. Instead of cucumbers or tomatoes, put some really delicious red-skinned apples sliced up in there with vinaigrette, um, uh, Dijon vinaigrette, which is my uh, go-to vinaigrette. And I'm the only thing I change up about that besides... Uh, the kind of vinegar, pick your color or flavor of vinegar, add a dollop of uh, pick your flavor of mustard. I usually am just using Dijon, but it's also good with whole, it's good with any kind of mustard or an egg yolk. If you're in, into that, you just are looking for an emulsifier. Um, maybe a squirt of honey or a little bit of uh, pepper jelly or your favorite kind of fruit jelly. And um, top it off with really good olive oil, salt and pepper, whatever else you want to put in there. I tend to not put um, shallots and that kind of thing in the dressing because I'm going to make a little more dressing than I need so that I can use it the next day for other things. And I don't like what happens to uh, raw veg like garlic or shallots um, when they sit so, and, I, I, and I'm not really interested in putting a vinaigrette in the fridge. Um, olive oil just doesn't like the fridge very much. And that makes me not like refrigerated olive oil very much. So I try to use ju make just what I need for the next 24 hours and uh, put the onions and that kind of thing in the salad itself. 
or in whatever I'm going to marinate. So, <coughs> excuse me. I'm getting um, I'm getting hoarse because I'm having to talk. <laughs> normally, what I say is, and I, this is normally how the show goes. So, what have you been cooking? I say to Linda, and then she talks for 10 minutes, and then I ask her another question about what she thinks about a certain ingredient, and then she talks for another 10 minutes, and then she sings us a song. <laughs> so, really, I definitely need overtime pay. Definitely, definitely. I wish that I, um, I wish that I had all of you in the room with me because I would love to find out your, um, I'd like to talk about pasta with you. I know that, uh, I mean, pasta seems to be beloved, uh, at least amongst everyone I ever talk to uh, and, and anyone that I ever go out to eat with. Pasta seems to be the one thing that everybody loves. Um, and, and that is a broad category because pasta can be, you can be gluten-free and eat great pasta. You can be vegan and eat great, great pasta. It is one of those all-purpose foods. It's very um, adaptable. I'm just not real big on pasta. I think I would be from the other end of Italy if I were Italian, and I'm more of a polenta person. I love polenta, but I could uh, not have pasta from now till the cows come home, and I wouldn't even know it was missing. <laughs> I would not miss it. As a result, my husband, who loves pasta, doesn't get nearly enough of it because I don't make it very often. And the reason I don't make it very often is because I don't care for it, so I have not developed a repertoire of great ways to make pasta. I also live with somebody who just likes uh, spaghetti and that form of pasta, the long skinny pasta, not things like rigatoni or penne. So that kind of, uh, to some degree, eliminates the baked pasta dishes, which benefit more from sturdy pastas. But really, my entire repertoire of uh, pasta sauces is just a standard marinara, sometimes with meat, sometimes without meat, a lot of garlic, a little, uh, couple splashes of red wine, onion, sometimes some chili flakes. That's it. Really good canned tomatoes, really good canned tomatoes. And that um, sometimes requires some effort, depends on where you shop. But uh, I do like good um, Italian canned tomatoes with no salt added. I want to take care of that myself. I, I'm never satisfied with someone else's idea of what is enough or not enough salt. So um, th that's it. That's the only kind of pasta sauce I make. <laughs> I'm sure I would be capable of making other things. And when I looked through my recipe thing this morning, I realized I have a really good recipe for... Um, Alfredo, homemade Alfredo. I have really good recipes for bolognese, for all of that stuff. And I just, I don't know. I just don't do it. There must be, uh, I, there must be something like that for everybody. Something that is beloved 
by everyone around you and you just don't care about it. I don't dislike it. I just don't care about it. So it's not something I would bother to order or bother to cook for myself. What I am doing uh, mostly, we eat two meals a day in our household and in between breakfast and dinner. And uh, breakfast is actually breakfast, but in terms of what we eat, but it is usually late in the day. So it might be brunch by other people's standards. By the time I get morning chores done, we're eating breakfast around 11, maybe noon even. So uh, breakfast is um, reliably something with eggs, um, often porridge, and um, and it's a pretty hearty meal. It always involves a smoothie, a fruit smoothie, a frozen fruit smoothie, um, and I don't add water or milk. Um, I add a little uh, apple juice to the blender for the smoothie, but it's mostly just a frozen mixed fruit, whatever I've got. I buy uh, bags of frozen mixed fruit and add whatever I have that might be fresh. And right now I've got a freezer full of frozen um, uh, local blackberries, so they're going into the smoothie in the morning. But uh, it's a smoothie. It's a supremed orange. My husband is getting a uh, his entire day's allotment of fruit at, at the first meal of the day, and then that's it. Unless I have fabulous blue cheese, and then we might have... Um, a sliced apple with blue cheese on a plate at the dinner table. But that's not uh, a daily thing. The fruit smoothie and a supremed orange are with any kind of breakfast. Doesn't matter what we're having for breakfast. That's always going to be next to his plate. Um, and then the, the whole rest of the day, he's on his own. I have no idea what he's doing. I'm in my office. He's in his office. If he gets hungry, he can eat. I, I don't know. We would have to ask him. I have to, have to set up a camera and see what he's eating. I have no idea because I'm not fixing lunch. <laughs> I'm not. I'm busy. So I am uh, fixing dinner, and that's going to—I usually start— uh, so it's not weird that I might start cooking around 6.30 or 7 o'clock. The uh, maybe unusual thing is that's also when I start thinking about what we're going to have for dinner. So it, uh, so it could be kind of slapdash, or it could be something I've thought about the day before, and all I have to do is pull it out of the fridge and get busy. Uh, but we usually are eating 7.30, 8 o'clock, something like that. And, um, and then... Uh, Although you shouldn't eat your heavy meal right before you go to bed, we never go to bed before midnight. So I think it's all, everything's got a chance to settle. But um, that's what I'm coming up with is two meals a day. That's it. Um, I know that a lot of people do lunch. And when I used to, before I was retired, I would not do breakfast and yes, do lunch. But um, we don't do lunch at my house. And one of the benefits of that, besides not fixing lunch, obviously, is that um, on a day when I'm just like uh, fresh out of ideas, we can have lunch for dinner. We can have, you know, homemade soup and um, a really great sandwich or uh, any, any number of things you might fix for lunch we could have for dinner. 
because we haven't had them for lunch. So that's a really great fallback for me. And for people who love sandwiches, you can do a killer meal with sandwiches and without actually having to bake bread. It can be done. And I, that uh, reminds me, this is a very autumny sandwich, but something I really love. And it is inspired by a British uh, pickle. You know, cheese and pickle sandwiches are, are uh, standard in um, England. And uh, maybe the entire British Isles, I don't know. But um, one of the, the sandwiches that I love most is on the real thin uh, pumpernickel bread. You know, it's uh, like it comes in little planks. And an entire loaf is only about two inches tall because it is um, so dense and thinly sliced. And that spread with some butter, some orange marmalade, really bitter orange marmalade, really sharp, extra sharp cheddar, and thinly sliced cucumbers. Killer sandwich. And you don't have to have the British pickle to go with it. You've got everything you need there between the um, um, marmalade and the cheddar. Oh my gosh. Look who's here. You're on mic three, darling. What? I'm so sorry. We talked about it yesterday. I know. I know. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We're really happy to have you, and we still have uh, like almost 10 minutes. Oh, boy. <laughs> I am so sorry. What I, mic are you on, is too? Is working? Okay. Is, this, is yeah. this one on? Yeah, sorry. I am so sorry. I'm so thankful we only have seven listeners. <laughs> I'm so well, sorry. Well, every single one of them is really angry right now. I know. I just forgot. I just forgot. It's okay. And you know what? Um, our listeners sometimes forget because it's it's confusing the first and third Monday. No, but I remember. <laughs> so confusing. <laughs> Not really. But I, I, um, I feel bad because like my theme of what I was going to talk about today was how stupid Dale was. Oh. <laughs> and it's just because he put sugar in the salt bowl, but then oh. it turns out that I forgot. <laughs> and so I think it's probably like the universe, like retribution for, for what I was thinking about Dale, which he is not stupid. He is not stupid. He's brilliant. No. And, and the whole thing worked out because he, we had some people over who, um, uh, drink coffee with sugar and we don't. So I just put you know, sugar in a ramekin, and it was done. He put it in the salt cellar, and so I made some kale chips, and they were, like, really, really sweet, so I, I just made him eat him. <laughs> <laughs> well, the stupid oh. trophy is like a traveling trophy. Yeah, yeah, it was a little tiny trophy, and I got the giant one. <laughs> it's, it's like instant karma, you know. I'm so sorry. It's okay. We're really happy to have you whenever you're here, <laughs> and I'm going to quit oh. talking. What have you been cooking? Um, well, some really sweet kale chips. Yeah. yeah. And I was excited because um, to try them because, I mean, I've made kale chips before, but I always make them with that curly kale, you know, Yeah. that kind of frizzly stuff Yeah. and chopped up because that's how everybody makes them. And so I just made them that way. I didn't even think about it. But Ina Garten has this recipe where she uses that real, um, that long... Flat. Flat kale that, yeah. it, you know, it doesn't have any frizzly edges. The edge on the leaf is smooth. And so um, 
um, I tried that. And so she put some Parmesan on it too, which sounded good. And I'd never done that, though that's not like earth shattering or anything, but um, I just hadn't done it. So so um, they did, they, they um, uh, baked up real crisp, which was great. But then they were very sweet. <laughs> and so um, Dale, I made Dale eat them and Dale was eating them. And they, you eat them, it's almost like a corn dog, you know, because you're holding on to oh, that stem and right. then you eat them. Oh, so you're not stripping them. Um, oh. No, no, uh-uh, okay. no, you bake that. And, and you know what? She said to cut that out, and I thought, I don't have time for that. And oh, so okay. Then he just held on to it and ate it like a corn dog, but it, like, shattered all over his lips and all around, and, and, and he, he looked like a zombie almost. I mean, it was just really <laughs> a horrible effect, all these just little shards of of black, you know, because yeah. it gets really, you can't tell it from dark green. And so um, I know that I could, I, I'm glad that I had that practice run, one for the sugar. I discovered that. I didn't wreck anything else, you know. And then also um, just for having it when you have company, because it seems like it would be a good way to do it. But just, it's sort of like, do you remember at Peter Pan, they used to have that black bread yeah, for sandwiches? And, yeah. And it was really just white bread with a whole lot of black dye in it. And everybody <laughs> would eat it and they would have black lips and black tongue and black teeth and, <laughs> and they would look like a horror movie, you know? So it was, it was sort of that same kind of effect. So I'm glad that I didn't serve it to company. <laughs> well, I've been talking about, uh, I've been talking about things to do in the fall, but the other thing is I've been talking about the fact that I'm calling spices. Do you ever do that? Really? Yes. Um, I had I had the Linda Learns How to Cook Indian Food um, um, experiment of like 2008 to 2010, and then everything just kind of went yeah. to like sawdust all at once. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was a really big one. But yeah, I do. I don't do it as much as I should. Um, and Me be, either. And because I put my spices in little round tins that are magnetically attached to oh, the side right. of the refrigerator, I don't have that thing on them that has a date, you know? Yeah. And so that makes me do it less. But um, I have to do it more. I definitely have to do it more. I discovered so many things that I don't actually use. Like I, I, I yeah. got for a specific reason and then I never used yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, and also I had things that I, you know... We have a, a we had a mutual friend that passed away over a year ago, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And some of his uh, stuff from his kitchen came home with me because I was charged with cleaning out his house. Yeah, and he was such a good cook. He had a lot of spices. Yeah, but really, year and a half later, it's yeah. not like I didn't already have them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's silly. Uh, it's silly. We're it's silly what we choose mm-hmm. to be loath to get rid of. Well, and I love the spices at the co-op, and I went absolutely nuts, like bonkers, when when they um, moved and they had that big fifty percent off sale because yeah. I mean that was just great for how much soup I make. And like when I make chili, I use nearly cup amounts of spices. You yeah. Know? So yeah, but yeah. They moved a long time ago. It was before the pandemic. It was really a lot. It was years. <laughs> and we're supposed to, you know, go through our spices every six months, yeah. which, you know, I'm, yeah. I, every six years, I think that's yeah, about I what think, I, I think I think so, too. <laughs> well, I, I wonder, we have a few minutes. I wonder what, uh, it, I mean, it feels so dead. It, it's definitely fall. Yes. You know, even on a sunny day, it's fall. Yeah. So. And I'm making sturdier salads. I'm not willing yet to give up salads. No, I, I'm I not going to braise every food yet. Yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah, sturdier salads. I'm putting roasted vegetables and and, and roasted potatoes and sweet potatoes and squash in them. And um so so that feels like fall to me cuz I really don't do that until squash starts 
coming yeah. out in droves, you yeah. know, knocking at your door. Yeah. Just like the zucchini in the summer. <laughs> I know. And, and I'm always so excited about it until like Christmas. And then I'm like, oh, God, another <laughs> squash. <laughs> Let's see if we can think of a, my 99th thing to do with yeah. uh, butternut squash, which uh, there are 99 things to do with butternut squash. I'm not saying, I mean, mm -hmm. it's delicious, but it is uh, like everything else, you know tired of it a little before you're through with it yeah and i love delicata squash so much i think i'm kind of um turning into a one-trick pony uh they are really really yeah. good and they cook very because any other squash i eat i think oh i could be eating delicata <laughs> <laughs> and I, I shouldn't do that because hey, variety is the spice of life we're almost done oh i know but you're here in time to sing us out oh boy I'm apologizing, apologizing, I'm apologizing, 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 I'm apologizing, apologizing, I am apologizing. Does that work? Yes, and I think that that was a brand new uh, melody. Oh yeah, I wrote it myself. I, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really impressed because it kind of started out like this, driving my vegetables, and then it went off in a whole new way. So exciting. So versatile. <laughs> We gotta go. Linda Perkins, I'm very, very happy to see you. Thank you, Marianne. So sorry. It's okay. Never too late to see ya. Bye everybody. <laughs>